Attention homos and homettes. The train to the Rainbow Rewatch is officially leaving the station. Please keep your hands, feet, flip phones, and webkins inside the vehicle at all times. If you're not gay, now you are. Congratulations. Get ready in five, four, <laughs> Did I scare you? Good. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Liliana, and today on Rainbow Rewatch, we will be re-examining Hairspray and ask the question, was this movie actually any good? And before we get really started with the podcast, I do have to quote the movie and say, Daddy bought me a new nose. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I did just get a nose job, so that's why I kind of sound like uh, Rachel Berry. I, I'm yeah. just giving you nasal realness. Um, nasal realness. You look beautiful. Did they really say that in the movie? Yeah, when, in Miss Baltimore Crabs, when she's reading, <gasps> when she's reading the oh, people, oh, she's oh. like, like she'll never have, she'll never get a date till Daddy buys her new nose. I would say Oiga uh, Balt. I wasn't uh, Miss Baltimore Crabs. Oh, look at that little reference. So clearly, we've seen this movie, movie about a thousand times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jack Sher- and we have. The most special guest on today. We are bringing on the incomparable Nikki Blonsky, um, star of the 2007 movie Hairspray. Um, y'all are in for treat. Yeah. When we started this podcast, we literally said, if we could get one person on this podcast, Nikki Blonsky. Out of every right. celebrity to ever exist, we were like, Nikki Blonsky, that's all I want. I'll be humble. That's all I want. <laughs> She's the one... God. We can stop now. Like, we, we're done. Literally, this is the last episode. This is our final episode. Yeah. <laughs> this is our final episode. Um, I think it's she enjoy. is such a light. She embodies what this podcast is. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. I love her. She's amazing. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, she's now out, like, as a gay woman um, in a movie that's so fabulously gay. Um, so, yeah, the perfect guest to have on this podcast, especially because... Like, if we're talking about movies that we saw as a child that made us queer, I can't think of a single movie better than Hairspray that did that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I I watched this movie at such a young age, I don't even think I realized that Edna was played by a man when I was, really? when I was a kid. I literally think that I thought he was, that it was just a woman. And, like, honestly... Like, my grandparents, my Italian grandparents owned this sh- movie on DVD. No, no. No, 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 no. So, like, no, 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 I don't no. even, maybe they didn't know either. Because, like, yeah. it's not like they're, they're not homophobic or anything. It's just that, like, I don't know if that would be their cup of tea, exactly. Right. It's a secretly gay movie. I mean, it, I say secretly really gay. That's a good way to describe it. It's a secretly gay movie. It's secretly gay, though. The cover is, like, a sparkly rainbow. You know that cover? The cover where it's, like, they all have the different headshots in front of the different... Oh, that is a great movie cover. And they were like, we have every star in this movie, and we will show you on the poster. Yeah. Um, But so secretly gay. Um, Here I go. I'm going to give a little synopsis. For those of you who are not familiar... First of all, if you're not familiar, what are you doing? Yeah, come on. Watch the movie. (laughs) Watch the movie right now. Yeah, we're taking <laughs> your gay card is revoked. Calling the gay police. Um, who said gay people can't be cops? The gay IRS. The gay IRS. Um, too far. Uh, <laughs> I'm just that was the one. Okay, 
<laughs> that was the line. And you crossed and it. Crossed Here's it. a line right here. Here you are 3,000 miles away. You crossed it. Exactly. I'm sorry. I <laughs> it's okay. Here it is. In 1960s Baltimore, dance-loving teen Tracy Turnblad, played by Nikki Blonsky, auditions for a spot on The Corny Collins Show and wins. She becomes an overnight celebrity, a trendsetter in dance, fun, and fashion. Perhaps her new status as a teen sensation is enough to topple Corny's reigning dance queen and bring racial integration to the show. Some big themes there in this movie. Yeah, a lot of stuff to cover. A lot of social, like, topics. Sociopolitical, Yeah, sociopolitical, racial injustice, fat phobia. Geoeconomic. Um, what? what was that word? <laughs> <laughs> Neoliberalism. Yeah, oh my god, uh, communism. Um, oh my god. They do, they do call Tracy the chubby communist girl. They do? So. Okay, which is like, ridiculous. Well, definitely makes sense with the time period because if you were if you were even like a little bit leftist, you were communist and you will be burned yeah. at stake. No, literally. That's like, I didn't even think of it typing. that way. <laughs> Tichibahu. Um, period. <laughs> do you want to give us a fun fact? Yeah, okay. Fun fact number one. Um, there are multiple versions of Hairspray. There's the original 1988 John Waters version. The 2002 original Broadway film, uh, the film, <laughs> the original Broadway, Broadway film. musical, uh, uh, which which turned the original story into a musical. Then there was the 2007 film starring Nikki Blonsky, and then there's the 2016 version, uh, Hairspray Live, which is which was a television event. Featuring yes, Ariana Grande as Penny, and I feel like this this was right before she like became superstar Ariana Grande. She was still kind of oh, like for sure. musical theater Ariana Grande. This was like um, Dangerous Woman Ariana Grande, so yeah, famous yeah. but not that famous. Do you want to hear a funny story about when I watched the Hairspray Live? Yeah, I was with a bunch of people who were not musical theater people, and they were like, "How funny it would be if we got really high and watched this." And um, we tried to do this thing that they made on Broad City. Where they like turned weed and they like ground it up into put it into a milkshake, and it was supposed to get you really high. It was in Broad City, so we were uh, like, "This that must work. work." No, it didn't. I thought they like tried to reduce it down, but it was not enough. We must have wasted like a hundred dollars. Wait, worth. don't you need to burn weed for it to activate? You, don't need, you to, need to add a heat to it. Yes, you need to like melt it down. Usually, you like melt it into butter or something. I don't. I don't. Oh. I don't do that. I don't do that. Don't come for me. I'm not doing illegal activities. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, no. We we follow the law. We follow the law. We follow, this was um in Massachusetts last <laughs> month, so that's why <laughs> it was legal. Um, but we did not get high at all. We were yeah. like waiting a whole movie, so I had to experience that sober. What a shame. Interesting. <laughs> well, it was fine. No, it was okay. Not as good as the movie. Oh yeah, no, no, no. it was star-studded though. The the hairspray oh, version as well Jennifer as Jennifer Hudson, as well. Dove Cameron, Harvey Firestein, Kristen Wiig, Kristen Wiig, no! Kristen Chenoweth, <laughs> Kristen, Kristen no, Wiig, not Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig and Velva would be everything though. I would I would watch that movie. I, watch I feel like she should be like Wilbur or something. <laughs> she could do that. A good movie. Yeah. Um, but speaking of John Waters, who made the original 1988 movie, he actually um, made a guest appearance, a cameo, if you will, in this movie as the flasher who lives next door, which is so John Waters, he yeah. would want that part. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure he requested. 
I'm sure he re- he specially requested that part. Um, what a lovely man. Yeah. Um, shall you do the next fun fact, uh, Mademoiselle? Sure. Mademoiselle. Um, the next fun fact, fact number three, Amanda Spill Bynes it. consumed 40 lollipops daily as Penny. <laughs> as Penny prude whatever. Um, Pinkleton. Pinkleton. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Her parents... 40? 40. Her parents were... Oh, that was moi. <laughs> you didn't turn um, off Do Not Disturb? Girl, I don't have to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a computer. Let's just hope it doesn't happen again. Um, <laughs> um, her parents were... The reason I know this fun fact is because her parents were concerned about her health. So that they made kind of a big deal about it. They were like, we don't no. want our daughter getting fat. First of all, I don't think that it would really affect her health. I, mean, I think again, I only your know. teeth. Like your, yeah, teeth. your teeth. Imagine eating that much, that many lollipops per day. Yeah. But no wonder her tongue was so red. They couldn't have gotten a fake lollipop. Yeah, just like make it like ice cubes or something. Yeah. <laughs> or like just like a piece of plastic. Like a rubber ball. Right. That's because it's, you know, when, when actors eat, um, what am I saying? When actors eat food, yeah, they just throw it up or they, you know, don't eat so much, but she had no choice. If you're sucking on a lollipop, there's only one way in. Like, you can't spit that out. Which is like, it sucks you that she's always having a lollipop. Oh, with the little pigtails? Yeah. Which, and her pigtails took two hours, I think, to put in. Like the Uh, bumpet and the pigtails. There's no way I could sit in that chair for that long. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Speaking of two hours, John Travolta, it took him four hours to put on the 30-pound fat suit and five gel-filled silicone face prosthetics to become Edna Turnblad. Four hours. Every, Every day, day before, before filming, filming, he had to sit down for four hours. Are you kidding me? insane. And they filmed for six months. What? That? That's more hours than I have spent doing anything, including living. No, literally. Um... That's literally bonkers. That like doesn't make it literally doesn't make sense for me. Like they probably had to like like schedule all of his scenes around getting ready. Oh, for sure. Like, and they probably try to concentrate them. Yeah. Imagine if he like went to sleep in it. <laughs> he was like, I'm not doing it tomorrow. Yeah, he just was he just was in it for six months straight. <laughs> he got surgery to look like Edna. He, right. He he transitioned into Edna. He transitioned and detransitioned. <laughs> Okay, and then our last fun fact, which is so interesting. Um, I don't get this. And I didn't know this. Um, Aretha Franklin lost the role of Motormouth to Queen Latifah? How? Which, like, I love Queen Latifah. I love her. Oh, same. But there's something about Aretha Franklin that you just can't... If R-E-S-P-C-T, you have to respect her. If she wants to be in your movie, you're putting her in the movie. You're putting her in. No, absolutely. I would cast her as Tracy. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but I would make her please, Tracy. <laughs> please. Just a one-woman musical. It's just Aretha Franklin as every single role. Have you seen that video of Cher where she does every part in West Side Story? She plays everyone. No. Wait, Liliana, have, you, you ha- have you seen the video of Trisha playing every role in, uh, yes, in yes, uh, Little yes, Shop? Yes, Little Shop. So funny. <laughs> no, but like, she, Trisha was playing two roles. Cher was playing like 13 roles. <laughs> Wait, and half like of them were men. Or was it just her with a script, changing her voice, standing in one spot on the stage? It's, it's like, like an edited, edited video. Oh, like, okay. Together. 
she's singing like tonight to herself. It's really wonderful. I've um, never seen I, West Side Story. Uh, Aretha Franklin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Insane. Insane. You have to put her in. And also, I just need to point out that when we were making our structure sheet, you spelled it Aretha Franklin. And that brings me joy. Re- Urethra. <laughs> Urethra Franklin. That's a good drag name. That is a- Urethra Franklin. That is a great, that's a great drag name. It's mine. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Please taking welcome it. welcome to the stage, Urethra Franklin. Aretha Franklin. It's um, Tina Burner. Okay, so I guess now we'd be welcoming Miss Nikki to the podcast. We would be. We would be. Okay, so... We will be. We'll, we will definitely be RN. <laughs> Everyone, welcome, welcome to, to the stage, Nikki Bonsky. No, wait. <laughs> We're going to go switch to our interview with Nikki now. Um... It, she is a joy. She is amazing. We were so honored to talk to her. Um, so let's do it. Let's let's talk to Nikki, baby. All right. We are joined by a really awesome guest. We are so excited. Um, you may recognize her from Huge on ABC, uh, Queen Sized, The Last Movie Star, Smash, and of course, the movie Hairspray, which she was nominated for a Golden Globe for and won a Critics' Choice Award, Nikki Blonsky. Hello. Hi. How, How are, are you? Doing? Oh, flabbergasted. <laughs> you are good. Aww. That's good, good to hear. I mean, like we were saying just before we started recording, you are our dream guest for this podcast um, because Hairspray is such an important movie to me. I know it's Liliana um, and we've grown up with you. So this is like amazing. And since you've come out so recently, I mean, you just are like, I could, we have gotten a better guest. I don't think so. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much. That means a lot. I'm super excited to be here and to talk about, you know, every time I get to talk about hairspray and just relive that experience, it's just so much fun. Mm. Oh, that's so adorable. Ask away any questions you have. Oh, we got we got some questions. Get ready. Um, how so? Just like, how did you get involved with the with the movie? Um, I'd love to hear of how you got into it. Yeah, I had auditioned for the Broadway show when I was sixteen. Um, I saw the I saw the Broadway show when I was fifteen for my fifteenth birthday. I had a neighbor who um, was an older woman, and she loved to expose me to theater. And so every year she would take me to a different Broadway show for my birthday. And one year I remember for like my 14th birthday, it was Oklahoma. And then for my 15th birthday, she said, I'm taking you to see a new show called Hairspray. It's brand new. And I remember just sitting there and from the minute the curtains opened and I heard, oh, 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 that was it, sold, Mm -hmm. done. I was, that was it. I knew, I was like, I have to do that. And I remember my mom was there and I remember tugging on my mom's arm. And my mom was like, because I always used to tell my mom, shh, you're not, you're not supposed to talk in the theater. And my mom mom looked at me and she goes, shh, you're not supposed to talk in the theater. And I go, no, mom, listen, it's serious. I go, do you see her? That's me. I can do that. And, and Mm. I knew in that minute that, Tracy Turnblad and I were meant to just collide at some point in time. Um, and then I remember I, I used to get Backstage Magazine every single week. 
um, faithfully, I would go to the train station on Thursday and get my new backstage. And one week I saw that there were auditions for Hairspray. And I was like, I have to go. And this was the Broadway show. This was back in like, I think 2005. Um, and, and, you know, when you guys were infants <laughs> and, um, and, and so I was like, I have to audition. My parents were super supportive. They were like, yeah, let's do it. My mom came in with me to Manhattan and I got pretty far. I did three callbacks. Um, wow. and they said to me, ultimately, you know, you're too young. And I was like, but I'm like, you know, 16, trying to play a 16 year old, like how far is that? But, you know, on Broadway, you can get away with having somebody who's older for schooling purposes and legal reasons. So, you know, but me, I just, I just wanted to sing and dance. I I basically was Tracy and, um, you know, and, uh, and I remember um, my 17th birthday rolled around and I was just, I, I had this mentality where I was like, I'm just going to keep auditioning for them until they just get so sick and tired of me that they just hire me. Right. I just shut her up already. Just hire her. And, um, and so my 17th birthday, I went to check the website again and it said, we're casting the movie. And mm. I was like, oh my gosh and I said well what are the ages and I'm I'm scrolling down and I'm praying as I'm scrolling down and it says ages 17 to 24 I was like we're in the game yes yeah I sent in it's I sent in a tape it said don't send in any tapes I sent in a tape (laughs) um yeah um and then very Tracy very Tracy yeah like you know just totally went against the rules um, and they said, you know, we're having open call auditions and we started a six month audition process. It lasted six months. Six um, months. Rigorous. Yeah. I auditioned in New York. I auditioned in Baltimore. I auditioned. I had a screen test out here in Los Angeles. I came to LA for the first time. So it, it was, it was a long process. It was hmm. pretty much you know, most of my senior year of high school. Um, And yeah, it was absolutely incredible. And I found out the night before senior prom that I got it. No way. What a full circle moment. And that's like, wow, you were so young. That's incredible. And to be so motivated, that's like inspirational, really. Right. You know, sometimes I wish, I say to myself, like when I have a, a, a deadline to meet or I have something to finish, I'm like, go back to that like 17 year old like you know tap into her because like I look back then I'm like wow I had so much energy and I I I was very driven I remember I but I have to say I I give a lot of credit to my mentor Dr. Levy Mm. she you know was my music teacher in school and I just I remember just from the beginning just training with her I knew that this training and everything was you know not just for fun like we both she knew she took it serious I took it serious because she knew that I wanted to make a career out of this and um so yeah I was I was that kid in school that was always just doing the shows and you know never really hanging out on the weekends right (laughs) yeah 
Us too. Us too. What yes. else did we have to do? Wait, so you were like really involved in theater? Like, did you start really young or, or when did you get involved? Uh, I, so I, I think I did my first show, I think it was sixth, fifth grade, sixth grade, mm. maybe summer, fifth grade. I think, I think my first show, I believe was my first show show was The Wizard of Oz. Ooh. Yeah, The Wizard of Oz. And I remember I wanted to play Dorothy more than anything in the world. And I just wanted to sing Summer of the Rainbow. And my uh, teacher at the time said to me, I will not, I will never forget, on a stage, he looked at me in front of all of the other kids and he said, I won't give you the role of Dorothy because I don't believe you can memorize lines. Shady. Yeah, in front of all the other kids. And I was just like... <laughs> Like, I, would cry. <laughs> I was like, I mean, thank God, you know, I had the inner strength or the inner Tracy or whatever you want to call it to be like, yeah, all right, bud. Um, and because then he ended up giving me the role of the Wicked Witch of the West, which was all lines. So I was right. like, yeah. really great thinking. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that I was strong enough to, you know, not... Cause that's like pretty traumatizing to say to a kid. Yeah. Oh, 100%. that's awful. <laughs> it like crushes your creative integrity. Yeah. And, and, you know, for what, and it's, you know, I'll tell you like still sometimes before I get on stage, I'll see him in my head. He's passed now. And, and even though he said that to me, he was a wonderful man. I respect him very much. And I think fondly of him, but I like, if I get nervous, I see him in my head and I'm like, Oh gosh, you know? And like, I, I, then all of a sudden I think of my mentor and I'm like, okay, doc would tell me to just do it mm. and do the performance. So it's really powerful what you say to people, especially when right. you're a kid, you know? Absolutely. And theater teachers, I think are so important and also so powerful because, you know, as theater kids, we both did shows and we like, you know, we we're so invested in the process and we want the role so bad. And to have your confidence crushed like that, can be so damaging. So I think theater teachers play a really important role in all of our lives um, in terms of just instilling confidence in us. I mean, that's what theater does to so many kids is give us confidence. So to yeah. do that is so backwards. Yeah, it was it was pretty backwards, but you know what? And once I got to high school is when I really found my, my group of people, my friends, you know, the people that, you know, the like-minded theater kids who were really, really dedicated to the craft. And these were kids that were trying out for Juilliard and NYU Tisch. And so it was, it was great to be surrounded by them and, and, you know, learn from them. I hopped on an improv troupe and I did improv for a couple of years. So that was a lot of fun. So high school for me, um, got exciting once, once I found my theater friends. That's awesome. That's so good to hear. And then you had the experience of all experiences. You got to play the lead role in the, a movie musical, which I got to say, I think Hairspray, hands down, is the best movie musical of, of the last 20 years, for sure. I don't know about you, Liliana. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely the most like well-made and like true to the story. And I mean, the acting is phenomenal. And like the costuming, uh, original vintage clothing, amazing amazing it's just like mm -hmm. every single aspect of it comes together in such like a pure amalgamation that like there's no competition mm -hmm. 
Can I tell you, we had the most brilliant costume designer. We worked with Rita Ryak, who she did movies like The Grinch. She created Jim Carrey's Grinch. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is so impressive. She had just went from doing that movie and, and doing him and, you know, creating the whole Grinch outfit. And then she came and hopped on Hairspray and created all of our looks. I mean, it just everything down to, to you know, what are they called? The payettes that were on John and I's dresses, mm. you know, pink payettes. Every sequin, I mean, was handpicked and hand sewn. Our shoes were made for us. I mean, it was absolutely the detail was just incredible and she just oh she gave it everything and to this day um for my 18th birthday she actually gave me a replica of my you can't stop the beat dress yeah she made it style but it's just a different fabric so I could actually wear it out if I wanted it's like a black velvet and it was like Mm a sweet gift like I have that and such a nice memory that's so thoughtful the costumes are amazing I mean we watched it um we watched the movie on Friday and we were like the whole time we're like I want to wear that I want to wear that (laughs) it's very very that um totally different uh wheelhouse did you know how like successful and important and sort of impactful this movie would be while you were making it like did you have any sense while it was going on I think as we were making it um, and as, you know, time, you know, went on and, and we filmed the scenes, I think we started to realize that it was it was a pretty special project. And, you know, um, there it was my first project, but there had been actors who had worked on other projects before there. And they were just like, no, this is just so special. Like mm. we we all knew that we were just everybody just united and we we were we felt like a family, like we were the hairspray family. Like none of us stayed in our trailers, like we were constantly just all talking and hanging out and getting to know each other. And and I think that's it was like Zach always says it was like, you know, a great summer camp because we mm. all got to, you know, get to know each other and spend so much time, you know, uh, we were up in Canada, not just filming, but rehearsing. I mean, we were rehearsing for two months before we started a six month filming process. Wow. So we had, you know, many, many, many days and many nights to get to know each other. And I think that's so special because you don't really get that nowadays. On, on sets you know everything's like hurry up you know and time is money and but when you have these big musical numbers you have to rehearse and so you know we had a lot a lot of rehearsals and that's where we got the time to really bond and get to know one another so your castmates um they were all like queer icons like michelle pfeiffer and john travolta and queen latifah uh, what was it like working with them? And like, did you know like how iconic they were and like how important they were to the queer community? And like, how did that affect you as a queer person? I knew that they were, you know, absolute superstars. Just, you know, I like just from being a fan of them growing up, each and every single one of them. Like I loved, you know, John my favorite movie ever is Saturday Night Fever. Like mm. I, 
I have always loved all of John's movies as a kid, like growing up, look who's talking was one of my favorites. Like, so I've always been a massive Travolta fan. Um, Queen Latifah was somebody that I've always looked up to living single was like my favorite show. And um, I just, I just always loved how she always did her own thing and was just like such a pioneer in the game of rap and, and R&B like so early on. Yeah, um, yeah. She, like she's just amazing. And then you look at icons like Michelle Pfeiffer, who's just like this just stunning beauty of a woman who just plays these incredible villains, but has like this heart of gold and to get to know them all for like the incredible kind human beings that they were, you know, just that they are and just to talk to them and, and hear their stories. And it was just so special. And, you know, of course, you know, Greece and Greece mm -hmm. too. And, you know, those are such queer iconic movies. And, you know, back then I knew that there was something different about me. I didn't know exactly what that was yet. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't really know about my, my queer identity um, back then. But now that, you know, obviously I am out, I'm like, yeah, totally. Like it, it's just, it's really cool to, to have worked with them and to just have, you know, gotten to be a part of their journey. And, you know, they just, they've played some incredible characters along the way. So I can't wait to see what they all do next. Yeah, Same. absolutely. <laughs> And how full circle, like now you are oh, sort of like a queer icon. But yeah, you are like, I think, like I really can't state how much I think our generation has seen this movie and grew up with it. Um, and especially queer people, I mean, musicals are so important to us. And so like now you're that person for so many people, um, especially now that you've come out, it's just like, you're like, you're everything to us. So. I mean, thank you. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for like living your truth. No, I have to thank you guys because, you know, everybody along the way, as I play Tracy and, and as the movie came out and just the love and support that came my way just for playing Tracy. But then over the years, as I've grown up, and be, you know, grown into the woman that I am, still the love and support that I receive, you know, just people loving me for who I am and supporting me means more than, you know, so I have to thank you guys, you know, you're letting me be who I am. And um, I appreciate it because it's, it's one thing to be, to play a character and look, Tracy and I are very, very similar. You know, we have a lot of the same ideals. We have our mm. hearts are pretty much the same, <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's been really important um, for me to have my own personal identity as Nikki, you mm. know, and, and kind of separate and be like, okay, I'm not Tracy. You know, I have, I, I have my own feelings. I have my own thoughts. I have other things, you know, I have lived a, a real life. So I think that's been also part of my coming out journey is being mm. like, okay, I'm also not just gay. I'm also me. I'm yeah. Nikki, um, and this is this is it, you know. Right, you're like a full human being with <laughs> different parts, yeah. and right. you know, and it's so interesting to hear you talk about like having to separate 
Tracy from you. I mean, you played her at such a young age that had to have had like such a big impact on how you see yourself as a person and sort of navigate the world. Yes, I very much for a very long time was a people pleaser and just mm. wanted to make sure that everybody else was happy and was more concerned with other people's happiness than myself because I felt like, well, Tracy just wanted to bring everybody and do what was right, bring everybody together and do what was right and, and please everybody. But then I said to myself, you also have a life and your own identity and you have to make yourself happy. Like, you know, why does everybody else deserve to be happy and you just get to, you know, hang out? Like you should be right. happy too. And I, I think that's what really happened the past year, year and a half was I decided to go on a journey of what's going to make me truly happy. Mm. And, and, and that was coming out and that was living my truth. And that was, you know, doing whatever inspires me when I wake up in the morning, if I'm inspired to write in my book or, you know, write the screenplay that I'm writing, whatever it is, it's just, what if something makes me happy, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to be afraid anymore to, you know, make myself happy along with making everybody else happy. Cause right. let's face it, like I do love, there's nothing more that I love to do is like, like I love to do my cameos and just know that I am bringing smiles to people's faces. And, you know, those are the chances during the day when I do those videos where I sing my airspray songs. And I know that, you know, hopefully it's going to make somebody smile. So I do know that by the work that I'm doing and putting out there that I am making people smile. So if I'm doing that, then I am making myself happy. So. Our friend Juliana, um, actually, I think she's received four cameos from you. Oh so, like, my God. She, she loves you. She thinks you are like one of the biggest icons. And like, so you definitely are making a big impact. You definitely are making people happy. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And I'm so curious to hear, like, obviously for all, for most queer people, coming out is such a like big deal. And it's been made to be sort of a big deal in our society. Um, but like, I am not, you know, that big on the internet. I don't have a very big presence. And when I came out, certainly I was not a celebrity. So how was that experience for you? And like, you know, were you nervous and, and was the response like really positive? Like, how did that all, how did that all go? It, it was, um, it was an intense experience. I knew that once I, you know, I said it, there was no putting it, you know, putting it back, putting the milk back in the carton. Right. Um, so, you know, I said, okay, here we go. And um, I knew it would, you know, be talked about in the media. And I was very lucky to have, you know, my team there to support me, managers, publicists, and, and you know, as a sounding board. And we did it in, you know, my fashion through a TikTok video where I sang and danced and, you know, it was a lot of fun. But mm -hmm. um, for me, it wasn't a super um, emotional experience. It was, um, it was more of a freeing experience. It was like, oh, okay, I'm finally like, I'm finally gonna be me and I'm gonna let myself be me and I'm not gonna care who says what, like everybody can have their opinion. Everybody's entitled to it, but it's also my opinion to yeah. not care. 
you know? So it's also, you know, my prerogative to, you know, and that's the great thing about life is everybody can have opinions. Everybody can have, and we can all share them. We can all debate and whatever, but at the end of the day, we all have to, you know, be true to who we are. Absolutely. You know, and I, I'm just, I'm glad that I, I made the decision and I knew it was a big decision and I knew that it was, um, you know, like I said, going to be talked about, but I was ready to talk about it and I was ready to have it out there. So I think, I think it's super important to be ready to talk about it. And, you know, like I know um, it's a scary thing, but for me, I felt it was more fear inducing to not live my truth. Yeah. Right. And I think what you said about being ready is like, that really resonates with me because, um, you know, it's one thing, I feel like so many people are sort of like forced out of the closet and, you know, forced to come out, especially when, you know, you have such public scrutiny. Um, but then I, I feel like the importance of being out as a queer person is that you have the ability to inspire people. And how can you inspire people by living your truth? If like, it's not, if you're not ready, if it's not your time and you're, you know, you can't do it authentically. So I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. And I really resonate with that. Totally. Yeah. It's just all, it all should align. It should just feel right. Mind, body, soul, all of it. Mm-hmm. Always and make th- sure that your heart and your mind are connected as best as possible. Like, but that's with every decision in life. As I'm getting older, it's like, you know, I, as a, as a younger person, I was very much like charged by my heart and went with the decisions of my heart. Now, as I get older, I'm like, mm, thinking with your head helps too. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that it did? Mom's been right all these years. <laughs> Hate to admit it, but no, she is. Uh, that's that's really interesting. And you know, going back to the movie, um, I think what I took away from Tracy specifically is I feel like as a character, she's so wonderfully three-dimensional, right? She's, you know, she's confident, but she's also has moments of vulnerability. Um, But I think what like rang true to me the most when we were watching it was just about self-acceptance and, you know, you can have insecurities, you can have flaws, but, you know, she really was not afraid to live her truth and to be herself and to be like in front of people um, and that is such a beautiful theme. And I think that's what makes that the movie so special because Tracy's the heart of it. Well, because there's so many wonderful experiences to be had in life. You know, it's like, yes, life is scary right now and we're in the middle of a pandemic. But if we can all think pre-pandemic, we've all, you know, had awesome adventures in life, I'm sure. And so, and if you haven't, there are great ones to have. So it's, I believe life is what you put into it. And I just, you know, I went full force with wanting to play Tracy. And I, you know, I just, I've always kind of lived my life that way. Um, Just put my all into everything. And, you know, I believe in giving, everything not every single role just everything I do from every meal I cook for a friend whatever just giving it my all because that's who I am and you know um I think 
I think it's important to celebrate those little things about yourself that may drive other people nuts. You know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a perfectionist when it comes to certain things and I'm sure it drives friends of mine crazy or whatever, but certain things about yourself, the different things, the unique things, the little quirks, celebrate them because those are the things that are going to make you stand out, not just in a casting room, in the, the, casting room of life mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that you know there's so much more um I'm learning than just you know entertaining and, and it there's so much more to life you know absolutely no and that's so true we all bring something so unique um and and finding that and and h- not hiding that away right especially for a lot of queer people I think queerness is a part of that right we're so wrapped up in like hiding ourselves for so long and you know we live in a society where that's necessary um and then like we lose ourselves in that right if we're not living authentically we're we're sort of hiding those pieces away that make us who we are yeah very much so and but i think you know i think hopefully I think people get to a point like where I got to a point where I was like, Oh, no, I'm just not doing this anymore. You know, it's like you, uh, like my friend, I told my friend recently, I said, you know, dude, I said, I was talking about something that was bothering me. And I was like, I just, I just normally this wouldn't bother me. And he goes, no, but you're over 30 now. So you hit your bullshit quota. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) I guess so. So yeah, over 30, you hit a bullshit quota. But you also, I believe as you get older, and as you mature, you learn that life is is to be lived and go out, explore, have those adventures, take those chances, be safe. But, um, you know, try and and see, you know, you never know unless you try. And, you know, I... I never thought in a million years that by sending in that tape, I didn't even think that tape would get seen. And, mm. you know, so here we are. Here you are. Oh, that's amazing. How to live your truth. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm transgender and I often hear this rhetoric about um, when trans women are coming out that like the the performance was before the like living in the closet that was the performance and now you after coming out now you're truly living your authentic self Mm. so when people say oh i i hate you now you hated the idea that i was putting forth you you now you hate my true true self you know so yeah you just need to be yourself yeah oh i love that yes and you only get one life you know, you know, it's one, one, one trip around sun and, um, you know, do it and be, do what makes your heart sing, be who you are when you wake up in the morning and, and what feels right in your bones, you know, it's your life to live and, you know, and love yourself. And, and cause I truly believe that, you know, I spent so, so long, after hairspray, just loving others. And, and then I was like, you know, I'm going to save a little love and energy for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. I've learned is saving some energy for yourself and saving some love for yourself and taking care of yourself and making sure that you're good for you. Absolutely. Cause if you, if you're not taking care or of love. yourself, 
it's your life. If you're not taking care of yourself, how can you give to other people? Like it's, it's just that. No, totally. Yeah. Um, okay. We have sort of a gossipy question for you. Not too gossipy. You know, you kiss Zac Efron in the movie. If we were to go back and rewrite I the did. movie, you did. Oh yeah. And you know, we, mm -hmm. we were envious of you for that. Um, but if you could go back and rewrite the movie so that Tracy could kiss a female character, who would she kiss? <laughs> it's a hard question. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am obsessed with her character. Velma is. So it's Velma. I mean, it's I. It's not. It's not. It's not Velma. It's. <laughs> it's not Velma because you know Velma had some effed up ideals and yes. she was not the nicest woman <laughs> we're going on female characters who i just adore and i i would choose michelle pfeiffer yeah that is a great she's choice great. she's great we were taking bets we were like <laughs> is it gonna be is it gonna be amber is it gonna be penny michelle pfeiffer no great yeah, i was like definitely great. the only choices are amber and penny but i'm so glad you surprised me <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's no, so good I definitely, yeah, she's, she also is just like one of the kindest, most sweetest, uh, just beautiful souls I've ever met. Mm. I love her in every single role she's ever done. She has been one of my biggest icons for as long as I can remember. Same here. I have looked up to her since uh, I saw her come down in that glass elevator in mm. in that movie you know what movie i'm talking exactly. about i mean oh just classic her and al pacino Scarf oh yeah just her character of velma was actually one of the reasons i figured out i was trans because i was like a little boy listening to the hairspray soundtrack and i was like why do i want to be velma why do i want to sing this song on a stage so badly and then <laughs> i put two and two together and i was like wait because i'm a girl <laughs> I love that. I mean, she, when I, I snuck in the recording studio one day, I was standing there and she was just finishing up recording Miss Baltimore Crabs. And mm. I was like, just standing outside the recording booth, like trying, <laughs> to, trying to get any whisper. I could. Oh my gosh. It just mm -hmm. She's so commanding. Like when she's on screen, you're watching her. Um, well, she just yeah. has that presence. Yeah. yeah, she does. I mean, and there were so many amazing women and female characters in this movie, too. I mean, Motormouth Maybell, played by Queen Latifah. I mean, what a awesome role. Like, especially, I think, Big Blonde and Beautiful. Like, that's one of the songs that people really know from this musical. And that's just like, what a confident sort of empowering role that is. Oh, I mean, that song, just like the second I hear it, I just. Yeah, I just start dancing. Like we had so much fun filming that scene in Maybell's and just uh, going to town. It was a blast. Mm -hmm. Liliana, did you say during the movie that this was the song that you would top to? Like you I, would. Okay, so I, I, I was me and Dan have this inside joke that like I, I never like I never, <laughs> I never ride during sex, but um. I will if there's a great song and, right. uh, and Big Bond and Beautiful is one of those songs. Hey. Bring on. 
I can, you know, I, I understand. It's got that grind. It's got that groove. I'm yeah, with yes. you. Get it. Whatever. Hey, you go live your best life. Exactly. The power. Song you need to listen to whatever. Hey, trust me. I have a play. I have a playlist. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> of course. Different playlists for different moods. I, yeah, uh-huh. totally. That's right. <laughs> you know, you got to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, sorry to out you like that, Liliana, but it was very funny when you said that. Because <laughs> we watch all these movies together, which is like, uh, it's so fun because like I said, we've seen this movie. How many times have you seen it, Eliana, in your um, lifetime? We've seen it like 20. I've had to have seen it 20 times. And then like, of course, the I've seen all the versions, like the like the original John Waters, uh, your version, the Hairspray Live with Ariana Grande, which was so cool. Um, and the and the Broadway version always always in my AirPods always. Mm-hmm. Like, if I ever have like a long drive, I'll just put it on and then I'll blink. And two hours later, I'm at my destination. <laughs> it's just yeah, I definitely I love anything hairspray. Mm-hmm. And to- thinking think about the original version, um, obviously John Waters and Divine were such like influential sort of you know creators, um, and I love that. Hairspray has kept this legacy, that divine set of Edna being in drag. Um, and when we were watching the movie, what what we were sort of like thinking about the most is that John Travolta played Edna so authentically and so genuinely. Like it wasn't a joke that yeah. he was in drag. It was just so truthful. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And, and that's what I love. Um, he when he came out dressed as Edna for the first time like nobody for one second you didn't think that it it wasn't Edna like it was Mm -hmm. all just blown away Um, and he played her like you said so authentically he gave her such heart and and made her just so vulnerable at times and so sweet and um, you couldn't help but love her he made her a, a real, you know, he made her, uh, you know, a, a plus size woman with, you know, an, with insecurities, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, that I personally suffer from. So I could relate to the character that he was creating. And as somebody who was playing his daughter, that just helped me so much as an actress um, to see the beautiful character that he was creating Mm. um and it definitely helped me you know with my development of tracy and and so i love absolutely love 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 the way he played her and like i said he just gave her so many different dimensions and different different colors that i absolutely adore adore edna and the way that he played her absolutely and you know like you're talking about how you sort of were able to develop your character alongside him. Um, the mother-daughter relationship is so wonderful that you two created. Like it's it's really real. Um, and we don't see that many mother-daughter relationships that are like that. Um, and of course, it's John Travolta's a man playing a woman, but still it's like, it, it's grounded in so much truth. And and it's it's so interesting to hear that you sort of developed Tracy alongside him as well. It's 
Okay, so Edna and Tracy's relationship is very, very, very similar to my real relationship with my real mom, Karen. So Karen was on set, like Karen and John would talk all the time. Um, So it was very much based on, it felt for me, you know, on certain levels based on the relationship I had with my own mother, just that Mm. that love and adoration and just like, oh, this is my mom. They can drive me nuts sometimes because they don't see the dream. You know, when like Edna was like, oh, you don't, nobody's auditioning for anything in this house, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas my mom was more so like, oh, no, 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 go audition. But, um, but at the same time, yeah, we had, my mom and I just had this, we have this relationship that very much parallels Edna and Tracy in real life. And anybody who knows us and is, is going to listen to this is going to go, oh gosh, she's really telling the truth. Like, mm. it's really true. Um, and I think that definitely helped because, you know, I, I brought that love over and John has a gorgeous daughter that he shares such love with. So when you have these real relationships in real life, it's very easy to to just tap into them and bring them over, especially when you really enjoy the company of the person that's playing your parent or your your child. Oh, totally. And we could and sense I, that. I was in every, every time I am around that man, I feel like I'm as I am as close to heaven as I'll ever get. Like he is just mm. magical. He really is. He's somebody who he's one of the first people I came out to. He's somebody who has supported me, loved me, given me advice, been there for me. Um, you know, when when other people that I thought maybe would have been weren't, um, he is just such a strong force in my life. And Hairspray has done a lot of wonderful things. It's brought me a lot of great blessings. It's been it hasn't been all rainbows and unicorns, you know. I've had I've had a struggle and I've had a journey, mm. but um, John's been there to support along the way. And you know, there's one thing to play a mother and daughter, play a parent and a child, but then to carry that relationship over in real life and be like, we're actually pals and and we can rely on each other. That's that's extremely special to me. No, yeah, and I think. Um, you know, we've been in musicals like like we've talked about um, and the the sort of creation of family in your cast is is so amazing. And you've already sort of touched on this, that after spending eight months with these people, they became your family. Um, but I think for for all queer people in musicals and, and film, I think that's why the arts are so captivating for so many queer people is it's your sort of you can create a home away from home and find those people who sort of make you feel wonderful and special yeah it's those people who make you feel at home um you know you know home is not four walls and and a roof home is is for me a feeling um and and many people can bring you that feeling and so john like i said when i'm with him or near him i I just feel at home. And so, yeah, it's, it's those experiences that I cherish and and that when I'm 95, I'll still be talking about. Mm -hmm. That's, that's wonderful. Um, And, and just one more thing about John, what I really appreciated was the tenderness that Edna and, and Wilbur share 
um, knowing that they're two men, like as we're watching it, but how, how loving and, and open and honest their relationship is. It's so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I was, I was one of the only ones um, that got to watch their rehearsals of Timeless to me. Mm. And I would watch through the window of them dancing and it was just so beautiful. Just the way that they supported each other and, you know, carry each other through the dance. It was just, and I was, I actually was listening to the song the other day because I was <laughs> like, I was doing my cameos and I was in the middle of the soundtrack and it was playing and timeless to me came on and I was like, Oh, I need to listen to this. I haven't listened to this in like, eight years I need to hear Chris and John and I listened to the whole thing and I was like oh my god if I ever get married I want to play this at my wedding like <laughs> like I love 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 that song it's just such a special song I think it's one of my top favorites of the soundtrack oh it's great and relationship goals I mean they are relationship goals right there yes I mean Wilbur is just he's so ahead of the times he sees beyond you know the physical construct of the human body he's like I see heart I see passion I see and so you know Wilbur is where it's at oh yeah <laughs> what a great example of a man yes totally. well that's exactly right it's it's Wilbur is an incredible example of a man I mean that's what I also love about Hairspray is you have these really great male characters that support the women. I mean, you look at Corny Collins, who supports Tracy and Motormouth and Little Inez and, and is just really amazing and not afraid to stand up against Velma and, and risk his own, you know, job. I mean, then you look at, at you know, um, Link, who, oh, who find, you see the beautiful arc in Link, going from, you know, his, I'm so beautiful to, wow, other, other people are beautiful and you see his eyes open. So I think it's really cool that there are so many incredible male char characters as well. Like we don't give enough props to the men in the movie. <laughs> That's true <laughs> for good reason, but you're right. They uplift the women, um, which is, makes them so much more, you know, special, I think. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, and then you can't forget about one of uh, the one who stole my heart from day one, Seaweed. I mean, Elijah Kelly. I mean, I, he was like, between him and Ooh. Zach, they were my rocks while we were filming. Like we, the three of us were the three musketeers. We did everything together. And those two supported me and I supported them. And we just, it was amazing filming and working with both of them. Oh, yeah. He is phenomenal in this movie. He is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. His dancing. I, Ooh. I know. I know. He's a talented guy. I can't with him. He's so talented. I'm like, how is there that much talent in that body, that voice, those looks? I'm like, just everything, just all the talent. He's, but what's really great about Elijah is he, him and I um, are very both very close to our families and we've always, you know, that's always resonated with us and we share a really, you know, special bond. And it's like, like where it's one of those bonds where 
we could not talk for months, you know, life gets busy, but then like we see each other or like we send each other ridiculous DMs and we're just like, <laughs> I just want to remind you that I love your face and I miss you, you know? <laughs> so That's beautiful. You have such great relationships you have with the cast. It's so good to hear that even how, how many years later, like 10, like 12 years 80. later. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You still have these connections. That's one of my favorite parts about it is that, yeah, we still have the connections and, and we still talk and, you know, it's, I was talking to one of my friends who was one of the detention kids the other day mm. and we were like, just talking about, you know, the old times and it was just, it's wild to think that they're old times to us, but um, I'm glad to know that Hairspray's out there and people, you know, maybe the fans that, you know, were kids or were teenagers rather when Hairspray came out, you know, they're growing up now. And I know that I'm getting DMs. They're exposing their kids to it. They're playing it for their kids. And, and it just, it means a lot. It means a lot to us to know that, you know, you guys love it, but you keep bringing it and showing it and exposing future generations to it. That's what means the most to us. You, you're keeping our legacy alive. So we appreciated it. It's oh. definitely a magical, timeless story that is not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's one of those things where it, it has such an important message, but at the same time, you can't help but sing and dance with us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, we, we're going to wrap up soon. I um, don't want to keep you forever. I have like one more question, which is, um, you know, at the end of every episode, Liliana, Liliana and I share the moment from the movie that sort of most inspired us or that we said like that made us queer. Um, was there any moment for you either in this movie or in this process that you really resonated with and carry forward um, as a queer person? um still to this day um you know I think the message of Tracy you know um just be yourself and love for everybody and I think as I embraced my identity as a queer person and and as as a gay woman I think you know Tracy became more and more real to me um, because it was what she had been showing me all along. Just love who you are, who you are, and embrace who you are, celebrate it. So I think that's that's one of the trippiest things for me is like mm-hmm. I had been saying this forever and, and talking about, you know, what Tracy would tell people and what I would tell people. But then those things when I applied them to my real life is when I realized that's when I was living my truth. So I, while I thank Tracy for the whole hairspray experience, I really thank her for helping me find myself. Mm. That's awesome. That is so beautiful. And um, like, like we were saying before, like you truly are someone that so many people look up to, um, especially queer people. So again, just like, Thank you for for sharing your journey and being so open. Um, Sorry. Who was that? Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. That was God being like, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> 
We agree. But yeah, truly, like you, you are an inspiration. Um, and we, we were just, this has been such a joy um, to have you on. So thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And thank you so much. And please know that I wish you both so much love and light on your own personal journeys. And I thank you for this time. Thank oh. you so much. Thank you. Do you have anything before we hop off you want to promote? Um, you can always follow me on Instagram at uh, Nikki Blonsky. Yep. I still have my name on Instagram, but on TikTok, it's the real Nikki Blonsky. Um, and that's where you can see me, you know, dance and make a fool of myself. Um, and, but uh, you can follow me. I have my own podcast, Nikki Nights. It's on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. And that's where I interview celebrity guests, all different people. Um, and we talk about all different things, fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome if you all went on and checked out Nikki Nights. Oh, we will. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Be well. Stay safe. You too. Yeah. Bye. Bye. And we're back. Beep boop bop. Welcome back. Um, that was amazing. I love talking to Nikki. Um, she is a light. She is so perfect. Um, yeah. And I know she, she looked like, beautiful on the call. Oh, like, she did. let's talk about that for a second. She did not know. Stunning. I didn't know she was above 30. When she mentioned that, I was actually kind of shook. I thought she was like late 20s. Just because she's she so youthful and like perfect. Yeah. She has a great energy. Um, we, yeah, we, we are so, we were so lucky to have her on. So honored. Um, Nikki, thank you again for coming. Um, everyone go give her some love on social media. Um, but now is the time in the podcast where we do every time where we will rank the boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, baby. We, we are going to rank the boys. And we already did a little bit of this with Nikki. We talked about like, who is fine. Um, but we're going to break it down because we do this every time and we don't mean to objectify anyone. We're not objectifying the real people. We're objectifying the characters, which now I'm saying that they're in high school. So, so maybe, maybe that's not good. So maybe we are objectifying the people. Yeah. We're <laughs> objectifying wait, wait, the wait. actors. The, the, so the way I like wording this is we're objectifying them as we would have when we were minors watching this movie. Correct. Because we were nine or ten when this came out. So our horny little fourth grade asses. That, thank you. That is the good way to phrase it. Of course. Thank you. I feel less creepy now. Um, who's your number one? Okay, so my number one is Cordy Collins. I would let him do... I would let him slit my throat and do whatever he wants with the, <laughs> with that whole baby. Um, you would ride big to Big Bond and Beautiful with Corny Collins. <laughs> I, would make, I would break my rule. I'd make my exception. Um, and then, uh, number two is Seaweed, mainly, not necessarily because of looks, mainly because of his swagger and his personality and his dance moves. And I think he's just so suave. And then he's my number one. He, he's so beautiful. Um, and then I have Wilbur, who's like, that's a choice. It is a choice. And then I have Link, um. Wait, hold on. You can't just skip over the fact that you put Wilbur above Link <laughs> okay, and right so under like, Seaweed. Wilbur, Wilbur over Lake, just because like Christopher, I don't know, there's just something about Christopher Walken. He's just kind of sexy. 
in like a daddy grandpa okay. kind of way and like i could see myself when i'm like when i'm like their age i could see myself being married to wilbur like when i'm oh, like an adult you know what that's tea you, you, you would, would be, be married, married to someone, someone like wilbur yeah like silly like stupid whatever an old lady um yeah and then link because the movie is yelling at me literally yelling at me to be in love with link larkin but it doesn't work (laughs) it does not compute it it just doesn't compute like there's just something about how his hair is just like a pitch black like solid form because of all the hairspray and hair so it must be crunchy like you must put your hand through his hair and it like yeah it breaks in half um and like zach hetzbron at this point in his life is very cutesy and that's not really my thing I agree. I'm more on a Zac Efron in that nature show when that he's like hairy yeah. and like, like he has that beard and he's like a beef monster. Yeah, that's a Zac Efron for me. So my list is almost like yours, but not. Seaweed is my number one. He's got the swagger. He's gorgeous. He. I feel like we'd have a lot of fun. I feel like we'd have a lot of fun together. Yeah. Then corny. I mean, James Marsden is great, and corny is is upbeat and peppy. I feel like. As a couple, we wouldn't really work very well. Um, he's a lot, and I appreciate that for him, but I don't think we'd, like, hit it off very well as, like, a couple, but, like... What attractive man. Is he silly um, And number three, three? What? Is he, like, silly and crazy in real life? No, he's probably a normal man, I hope. I would anticipate. Um, he's a great... He's awesome. What a great actor. I love him in everything he's in. Um, number three brad from the corny collins kids he's like a little minor character but you know what he's fine as hell and then number four is link and i'm brad number four is link yeah link is last for me too cute adorable you know you know he became zach efron who we know and love and is a daddy now but you know not my cup of tea that's okay still attractive still gorgeous still a great character we love it. So now should we transition, my love, into the moments that made us queer? We we were so lucky Nikki gave us her answer just about, like, self-acceptance and what Tracy sort of gave to her. Um, what about you, Mademoiselle? The incomparable T. Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um, so would I, like Velma, I just knew I wanted to be her, or Amber, mainly, uh-huh. mainly, uh-huh. uh, maybe, mainly Velma. Um, like when I listen to this musical, and when I listen to all musicals, I normally have a character in mind that I that's like my dream role that like I would love to be, and like who I envision myself as mm. in this story. And like when I listen to Hairspray, that character for me is Velma, and this is like a common theme I had growing up listening to show tunes because I knew so badly that I wanted to play these female characters, but I didn't know. I didn't know why. I don't even think I don't even think I needed to have a reason. When I was a kid, I don't even think a reason was necessary for that. I just knew that it was just an inherency of the way like I think and want to express myself. Um and yeah, I just really think listening and like for if it wasn't for musical theater, if it wasn't for hairspray, I probably wouldn't like be as far along identity wise as I am now, mm. just because it really and just the message of this story too. 
just self-acceptance is everything. And I think that was really important for me as a little queer kid. I love being that. close I love to that. Hairspray. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. No, I'm very much the same, right? It, I think the moment that made me queer, it's the whole movie. It's the whole movie made me queer. I I love it. It's so joyful. And, you know, it like like we've been saying, it's not inherently a queer story, but it's been touched on by so many queer people when it was, you know, talking about Divine and, and her influence on, on the film. And, you know, all the creators who did it on Broadway, Harvey Firestein, Adam Shankman, like these, these incomparable sort of um, choreographers and directors who shaped this story. Um, so even though the story itself is not necessarily centering a queer experience, it, it sort of relays the feelings of being queer, the joy, the, the self-acceptance, the celebratory sort of nature through the story of Tracy. Um, and I think for me, as I watched it like, 25 times um that was what was truly wonderful um and what really like i don't know helped me figure out just a little bit that it's okay to be special and it's okay to stand out and it's okay to not like be what everyone else is um and that's the theme of this movie and that's culture that's and you know so they're gonna remake it timeless and like a couple um, of and why as nikki was saying like it will continue on. Like our generation will continue showing it as one of the great movies um, of our time. Uh, even even though it's not like you know, it's not Moonlight. It's not. It's not like you know, a film auteur. But it's 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 special and it's it's heartwarming. And those movies are are you know such a central part of culture. Ah. <sighs> I hope not. I mean, they will, and it's good. I, I love more musicals, but how can you rewrite this movie? They got they got it right. Like I was saying this to Nikki, it is the best movie musical. They captured the camp. They captured the breaking out into song and the the sort of big dance numbers and big costumes, and they translated it so well in ways that a lot of movies that that were based off of musicals just cannot. <gasps> Gasp. Okay. Great song. They restructured yeah, it. They restructured it sort of the, the movie. I wonder why. Critique of this you're movie. Right. That's a I wish song. Cooties. They had more songs. I wish they had more of the original songs. Because okay, big I'm, I'm a big girl now. Are you kidding me? That's the best song in the whole musical. And like they uh, restructured it, they restructured it sort of the the movie. I wonder why, but yeah. you're right. That's right. I mean, they have songs. to make it and like uh, that two hours, two and a half hours. That one song with Petty, Amber, and Tracy, and their Mama. Moms. I'm a big girl now. Mama, I'm a big girl now. I love that one too. And it's just, I feel the movie does a great job of, of, I'm sure they had a reason to cut mm. the song. Right. Maybe I mean, they have wise. to make it. A musical's two I, yeah, hours, two I and a half hours. I, they have I to think make the it movie is great as it is, but it would have... So like, oh, I understand, and I feel like the story's completely fine, and it like, works that, really well you know, without those we know from songs. But I just, like, there's just such magic, and I would have loved to hear these actors I mean, I've seen the show any day. I love it. I've seen so many different versions of it. I'd see it again. Now, would you like to rank this movie? So we rank, at the end of every episode, the movie on a scale from Twink, which is a zero, to Productive Member of Society, which is a ten... Liliana, where do you put 
2007. This is a productive member of society. T. This is absolutely a productive member of society. I think it does. So it's 10 out of 10. It, it's just aesthetically, oh my god, amazing. Uh, the morals of this story, oh my god, so amazing. The acting, the singing, the just everything, the fashion, mm. the set design, everything, 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 uh, like comes together so perfectly in this movie. Yeah, that it just it's it's it'd be a crime to say not. I agree. I'm giving it a 10 to, and you know, I am biased. I love this movie. I've seen it a bunch of times. It's very nostalgic for me. You know, I can't, like, it, it, it was always playing on our TV, like, as sort of, like, background music. You know, it's just, like, something that we'd have on and be doing, like, going about our day, but it'd still be on, and we'd, you know, sit down and watch it as we're doing our things. Um, so I am super biased in how much I love it. But even, like, taking that part of me out like it's still a great movie it holds up the message is really beautiful you know it, it, it resonates even today like you know with the black lives matter movement and sort of everything that's going on um and and we're still struggling with body shame and sort of um you know fat phobia in our society for sure so like these issues are still so relevant and so the core of this movie you know lives on um and they captured it so well in this film i think it's certainly a productive of member of society for me too nine to ten out of ten i can't fault it um i I can't i'm like i'm trying but it's a it's a great movie and um if you haven't seen it what are you doing what are you doing come on what are you doing i know people hate come be a productive member i know some people like don't like musicals but put that shit aside. Like, grow up. <laughs> this is grow different. up and watch this, this movie. Is different than like a musical, you know? Because it's like it's special, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of doesn't even count. Like the yes, yeah. there's music, yes, there's dancing, yes, there's acting, but it's not a musical. It's it's life. Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh right. Well, there it is. We did it. This was a great episode. Um, thank you again to Nikki Blonsky and her team for, for coordinating with us and getting her on. Um, we had an absolute blast before we, before we end, just want to remind you if you are not already subscribed to wherever you find your podcast, do that. Give us a follow, give us a download, support two queer people trying to make it in this world. Um, you know, give us a rating on Apple podcasts. I think that's what helps the most. Um, Oh, five star. If you do not give us five stars, I hate to tell you this, but now that we know Nikki Blonsky, we're sending her, um, and she's gonna, she's, we're gonna buy a cameo from Nikki Blonsky of her telling you that you should give us a five star review instead <laughs> because we want to support Nikki. That's why. Also, um, um follow uh-huh. our TikTok, uh, and, and our Instagram, and our Instagram at Rainbow Rewatch. Um, where we will be putting out content, you know, related to a funny meme here or there about, uh, uh, about the movies we're watching. <laughs> you know, you know, we're like modern girls. We're like, you know, tuned into the social media sphere. So, you know, we're going to be like doing trends and whatever else happens on Maybe TikTok. Maybe a I'm TikTok dance. Oh my God. We should make a hairspray TikTok dance. Yep. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> well, uh, uh. <laughs> Okay, okay. Love you. Love you guys. Love you so much. Thanks for joining. Bye-bye. Love you.
goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.